Oh, thank you. Last week, I got you into some groups last week, if you were here, to answer some questions and to think a little bit about your... um, a sense of expectation that you are living with in terms of things that you would love to see happen in your lives, where you'd love to see favour or increase, fulfilment of God's promises. Do you remember? Anyone remember doing that last week? Um, uh, and I feel like asking you the rhetorical question of, we're a week on, and, and I wonder how your faith levels are, how your sense of expectation is. Um, I know I can't really ask the question um, uh, in order to get an answer, but it's good to think about it, isn't it? Um, I know we are only a week on, but it's still good to think, actually, how am I doing? Have I been discouraged this week as frustration or disappointment got in? Because um, I want to feed us in this whole area, and uh, I want to continue that theme this morning. Um, uh, I'm going to set myself a slightly difficult challenge in the next 20 minutes, um, and then we're going to pray together. Um, I want to talk about a theme um, that covers the entire Bible. Okay, in 20 minutes. Um, And this has been a theme which has really, I guess I've been thinking about this for quite a while. And I'm not a very process kind of strategic person in terms of how I live. Um, But sometimes it does me good to realise actually there is a process that I've been working through. And so you might be the kind of person that actually does think in quite structured ways or um, strategic ways, process kind of ways, um, and uh, or maybe you don't. But either way, I think this will help all of us. Um, I was with Adrian and Mark on Friday. We um, we were at a global legacy conference, um, leaders conference in Leicester, and uh, one of the guys that was speaking was um, Paul Manwaring from Bethel, who you you may all know, um, and. Uh, uh, he, he introduced a preach by saying um, that his preach was going to be called Five Things That Will Change Your Life. And I thought, great, really brilliant. The thing is, he got through to number four and ran out of time and then never told us number five. And, uh, um, and so I've been, I've been worried ever since that there's this one thing that I don't know. So I think we might have to email him to find out what the fifth one was. Um, but I've got four things this morning and I'm going to tell you what they are up front, because Paul didn't do this. And I think if I run out of time, because I've only, I'm only going to take the next 20 minutes, at least these four things, you can make a note of them. And, uh, and then we can come back to them another week or whatever. But, um, or you could actually go away and just think, actually, why is Pete saying that's an important one? So can I tell you what the four things are? You see, the overarching thing that I want to talk about is covenant. And um, if you've been around the last time, few times that I've spoken, I've um, spoken about Abraham and the journey that God had him on, the process that he was um, going through with God, um, in, starting in Genesis 12. And uh, there are four things, and I think if, if we can live with these four things, you will be able to navigate any disappointment and any frustration superbly. It's a big claim, isn't it? And I've realised that as I've gone through key times in my life, I have fallen back on these things. So it is tried and tested. Um, And uh, um, let me tell you what they are. Um, So, number one is remember the commitment. Um, I'm going to expand on it in a minute, but covenant is a massive deal to God. Um, it's not something that's taken lightly. 
the commitment that we are in with God is not a casual one. And we live in a world where there are more casual approaches to life than ever before. And yet we are cemented into, bonded into a commitment, a relationship with God, a covenant with God that is solid and means everything to him. And sometimes we, our focus might drop, our attention might drop, it never drops with him. His attention to the covenant, his um, attention to us has never faltered. Um, So that's the first one. Um, Like I said, I will expand on these in a moment. Um, Number two is remember the terms. Because in any covenant there are terms. Um, and we remember them. You know, marriage is a covenant relationship. There were terms, weren't there? If you're married, you'll know that there were terms um, to the marriage. And uh, if we fall back on the terms that God set out, um, we are so encouraged when we do that. Um, number three is remember the ceremony. Because with any covenant, there is a ceremony. And um, we'll talk about the ceremony in a minute that's part of the new covenant. And number four is remember the identity shift. Because in, in a covenant relationship, there is a shift in the identity of the people involved. Okay? They're good, aren't they? Um, I don't know if you make notes normally when, when people speak. Um, but I would love those four things to somehow be imprinted on your memories somehow and it's i i can't remember four things um if someone stood up here and asked me to remember four i wouldn't i'd probably remember two um maybe a third after a few minutes but rarely would i remember four so i want to encourage you please make a note of these things um listen back to this um whatever but um these four things are really really helpful um so should we start with number one Okay, um, like I said, this is a really, really big deal. Um, and uh, actually, before I do start with number one, I'm, I don't want to rush through this one little point. The Holy Spirit wants to remind every generation of those four things. And we have a tendency to forget, <laughs> which is why he loves to remind us. And the enemy has a tendency to try and Um, dissuade us from the truth of these things. Um, If I forget that there's been an identity shift because of this relationship that I have with God, then I start living as somebody who is not part of that covenant relationship. And so I will start to believe lies about myself or even lies about the one I'm in covenant with if I forget that there's been an identity identity shift. Does that make sense? Um, And that's why it's good to go back to the previous one, which is the ceremony. It's good to go back to the cross. It's good to go back to the point where actually this covenant was established and it was established in blood. And we we come back to that and we remember. And then it brings us to an awareness of actually who we are in resurrected Jesus. Um, And I could do the same with each one of those. We will forget. If we forget each part of this then uh, we can get so easily knocked off course. And I think that is where disappointment and frustration comes in. Because if these things are front and centre, you can't get knocked off course. You really, really can't. Um, So, number one, this is a big deal. Do you know this whole idea about covenant comes... It's actually a pagan thing. Hmm, Strange. It predates this arrangement with Abraham um, that God had with him. God used it to help 
Abraham and help us to understand the heart of the Trinity for humanity. It was a thing that happens. In fact, um, I did a sociology degree, and if you look at um, uh, how sort of... um, uh, how people groups are established in terms of anthropology and all that kind of stuff, what you find is that there is always contracts between people groups. And so what God was doing was picking up on something that already existed in the day, but turned it into something that was way more sovereign uh, and obviously of eternal consequence rather than just in people's lifetimes. There are three specific things that we have to remember when we think about covenant. Um, one is that it is a bond. Number two is that there's always blood involved. And number three is that there is a sovereign. And um, uh, so the idea with this covenant thing is that you would have a king or a ruler who would be the main kind of guy um, uh, and represent the kind of the more powerful end of the, co- of the covenant relationship. And then you would have another group of people who would be coming. Um, and then there would be mutual advantage to both groups. So there'd be advantage for the king or the ruler because he'd get servants, he'd get an army, um, uh, he would get farmers. And then there would be the advantage, obviously, for the people because they would get protection, they would get a land to live in um, and to, to be able to raise families and to be part of that society. So there was a mutual kind of benefit to it, um, which is why it was familiar to these guys um, 4,000 odd years ago. <laughs> um, and... Uh, But I don't want us to get lost in the legality of it. And I think sometimes when we think about the word covenant, we we can do. I love the way our worship finished up by coming back to actually his love is all we need. Because really this whole thing about covenant is really just God saying, look, this is my love. I'm I'm just wanting to show you. I'm just wanting to express to you, my children, people, humanity, that this is who I am this is what I'm about this is who you are this is what we're about this is about love this is about my love for you being demonstrated being poured out and um in the old covenant you see you always have two representatives so part of this the the bond um thing is that you'd have two representatives obviously in the old covenant you had um God on the one hand um you can read about this um in Genesis 15 you have God on the one hand and then you have Abraham representing um, obviously his family, his, his tribe, but also actually humanity as it goes through because the, this covenant is one that goes through the ages, through the descendants, through the generations. So there's the, the two parties. Now, we need to remember that there are similarities between the old covenant and the new covenant, but there's also some distinctions um, because we live in the new covenant, don't we? Yes. Um, it's a different covenant relationship to the one that God made with Abram, Abraham. Um, we live in a, a new covenant. And what's interesting in our new covenant relationship is that our representatives on both sides are Jesus. You see, this covenant is, and actually Abram's one was as well, is what they call a unilateral one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one-sided. It's really one-sided. It's the faithfulness, it's God setting out the terms. There was no negotiation between Abram and God in terms of what the terms were. It was God saying, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do for you and I'm going to make you this. And that's what Jesus did with us. 
we have come into that. It's very different to the kind of classical view of it. And um, so we have Jesus who was fully God, um, fully Trinity represented in him, not just represented but actually in him. There was fully um, deity, fully in Jesus. Um, and uh, But then we also have Jesus being fully man. Um, that's why what we've just celebrated at Christmas in terms of the incarnation is so important because he became a man and so he totally represents us in this arrangement. And the most amazing thing about that is it means he's never going to not be faithful, is he? The representative of this new covenant relationship is forever faithful to us. And when doubt and frustration or um, disappointment can creep into our lives and we can start to doubt, it's really good to fall back on these things because we know, hang on a minute, Jesus is faithful. He has promised and he is perfect. And so there is no way that we cannot experience um, the benefits of this covenant relationship. You, You can't. None, there's no one here who cannot benefit from this covenant relationship, whatever you choose to do when you leave this room today, um, because Jesus is totally and utterly faithful to us. Um, the blood. Um, so there is um, blood is always shed. The word covenant um, uh, is, comes from this word which means to cut. And so there would be a cutting of the covenant. And um, I'll read about it in just a second. But basically what you had... I might as well just tell you about it now for the sake of time. Um, you had uh, what God asked Abraham to do was to go and get these animals. And so this was typically what would happen was they'd go and get some animals. And uh, um, Genesis does spell out what the animals are, but I, I won't worry about that right now. But basically there's um, five or six animals. And the animals have to be slaughtered and cut. And it's quite a gross thing because basically the carcasses are then separated and put either side of like some mounds of, on the ground. So it'd be like um, sort of little hills either side. And then basically the blood would pour down either side of this, this thing. And then what would happen is that each person who is committed to this, each side, each representative of this covenant relationship, would then walk between the, the carcasses. And they would walk through. And basically what, and then this was called a walk of death. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, and so this is what they did. Now what's amazing is that God initiated this with Abram there has to be blood that is spilt and of course it was animals in that day but when you look at the new covenant it's Jesus again it's his blood that's spilt because the value of this covenant is so significant that God wasn't going to run the risk of the blood not being sufficient and so he came and he brought his own blood isn't that incredible and we now live. And so any time doubt or frustration or disappointment ever creeps over you, you have to come back to this, don't you? He didn't spill his blood casually. This is the most significant thing that we could ever think about today. His blood was spilt intentionally. Intentionally to bring us together forever. Um. Uh, lastly, there has to be a sovereign or a king. Um, obviously, in uh, with Abraham and God, you've got God. Um, uh, with us, we've got Jesus again. 
He literally ticks every single box of this whole exercise. He wants to prove that he is who he says he is, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so he comes as the king. And we, any time we live with disappointment or frustration, we can come back to the fact that we have a king. And not just any king. We have the king of kings. And, uh, and I do so well when I remember that. <laughs> when I lose sight of it, when I think I don't live in the kingdom. Because I, I, actually that's where fear starts to lurk, isn't it? When we forget we live in the kingdom. We forget we live in a kingdom of light. We forget we live in, in, um, in his kingdom. We do start to lose our way. And we come back and think, hang on a minute. I live where there's a king. I have a king. And his name's Jesus. And that's why it's, it's so important that when people are, um, are saved and they're brought into relationship with Jesus, that they recognize his sovereignty, that he's the king, that he's, he's my Lord. I lay my life down. I, I've, I've recognized him in that position. Um, that's why our worship is so important, isn't it? You know, we spend the rest of the week largely thinking about ourselves. <laughs> If we're honest, we're, you know, we're consumed with different things or we're, we're thinking about other people that we're involved with, you know, serving all the rest of it. Um, it's so good to devote ourselves in worship, to come back to say, you're the king. You are number one. And there isn't another one. Um, I'm just thinking how I can abbreviate some things that are really important. Um, Hello. Yeah, I can certainly do that. In fact, I can give you some notes if you want. Um, uh, when um, I'm just going to do a little bit of this and then we're going to pray um, because I think it's better to just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do with us. Is that okay? Um, I'm also trying to train myself to preach for a shorter amount of time because it's more important that we encounter God than we encounter me talking to you. Um, so uh, I'm just going to trust that wherever we get to in the next few minutes um, will be enough, and then we're going to pray. Um, when um, when God set out this 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 deal with Abram, um, he he spoke to him. Uh, God spoke to Abram, and he said, um, "Leave the nat- your, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you." So, what God is doing is setting out the terms of this deal. Setting out the terms. When I said remember the terms, it's so important that we um, know what the terms are. And what God did with Abram, and actually he, he stated it to, for the first time there, and then he restates it. And each time he restates it through the, the subsequent chapters, right through up to Genesis 17, is um, he then adds a bit more, and he adds a bit more, and he adds a bit more. And, um, which in itself is kind of an illustration of how, how God loves to bring increase anyway. Um, and the more we, we believe, God will give us a bit more to believe a bit more and to believe a bit more. And when you think you stuff up and you've lost it, God will come back and repeat the first thing and then he'll add something else. And uh, it's almost like a reward, isn't it? It's fantastic. Um, now, what we've got in the new covenant is Jesus coming and setting out the terms. And uh, he spends his, all of his earthly ministry setting out the terms. But he starts here. He starts here saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. 
Um, that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> um, if you ever feel disappointed with life, remember the terms of the covenant relationship that we are in. Because obviously Jesus goes on to reveal even more and even more and even more, and you can keep reading. But even if we just stopped with these two verses, there is more than enough to shake every trace of disappointment and discouragement and frustration and bitterness and anything else off of us. Anything that the enemy could throw at us, we can throw these verses back, and it's more than enough. Isn't it? So I'll read it again. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. We have been taken from a place of poverty to a place of riches. Um, Chris and Elton helped us sing that this morning. (laughs) Kings of vagabonds from vagabonds. Kings from vagabonds. That's the journey, isn't it, that we've come on. Um, He has um, taken us from a place of captivity to a place of freedom. This is the new covenant. This is what the promise is. This is what we're built on. Um, Anytime you don't feel free, you need to speak that over yourself. You need to literally stand in front of the mirror and... um, Speak it over yourself. Um, he's taken us from a place of uh, okay, recovery of sight for the blind. You know, this is not just literal sight, although there's that as well. Um, but there is healing at every spectrum that is possible to be healed comes through this new covenant arrange- arrangement, this new covenant relationship. Anywhere we need healing, we can be confident because this is what Jesus has promised us. Anywhere at all. Um, And then the year of the Lord's favour. We live in favour. We should expect increase in our lives. I'm not trying to go for some prosperity thing. I'm just saying that this is saying we live in an era, not just a year. It's 2016. It's not just 2016 is the year of the Lord's favour. 2015 was, 2014 was, 2013 was, right the way back to when this covenant started. It's an era of the, of, called the year of the Lord's favour. And we live in it. And the message and what Maya brought in worship of us um, actually not just being for us, not just being inside the church, but actually to be out is because this is for everybody, whether they're in this room or out there. This is the message. As we start thinking as a church through this year about what it is for us to um, uh, see vision articulated and and then to move into expressing more of it in the myriad of ways we're going to do that, it starts here, because this is the message. Um, Can we stand? And we're going to just pray. We've got um, eight minutes or so. I've not done bad. Um, I want us just to receive from the Holy Spirit because he wants to refresh us this morning. I know we've been refreshed already. I know worship was really refreshing, um, but he's got more refreshment for us. He's got more um, things that he wants to just peel away from us. Um, so uh, let's just take a moment to pray. If you, um, I wanna, could you just reach your hands out? Um, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then that's fine. But I would just want to encourage you to um, behave as if it's Christmas morning again. You're going to receive something. Okay? Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that you're here this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have got fresh things for us. 
Holy Spirit, even before we receive from you, I, I just feel that there's people here this morning that have got things in their hands. And uh, there's things we need to give to you in this whole area of disappointment. There's things for us to lay down. That in light of the terms of this covenant relationship, in light of your declaration over us, where our circumstances have not yet lined up with complete healing or complete freedom. Lord, we just make a choice right now to surrender our disappointments and our frustrations. Where we are not living with an expectation to see favour, to see healing, to see freedom come. to come out of poverty where any of us here are not living where there is something that is stopping us from believing that that is our destiny Lord we choose to lay it down I just want you to examine your heart just say Lord is there anything that's stopping me from believing that I can be um, free in, in all of those areas Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray as we lay those things down, as we give those things to you, because really you, you took the, the reality of those things when you died on the cross. You've, you've actually taken the reality of them already. Lord, as we do that, Lord, we now just receive from you afresh. I want to pray for a wave of expectation to sweep this room. Supernatural expectation, overwhelm us. Holy Spirit, overwhelm us. Overwhelm us with the expectation of the good things that come from the good news, the good covenant that we are in with you. Thank you, there's no doubt. There can be no doubt, Jesus, that it was your blood that was shed intentionally shared Jesus there can be no doubt your word spoken your word declared the spirit of the Lord is upon you to achieve these things you're anointed Jesus to achieve these things in our lives for our generation we choose to believe it we choose to believe it thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Lord, I want to declare over us as a group of people that um, we will experience this um, a shift in our environment, in our culture. I want to pray that we would speak expectation over one another, that when we ask each other how our week has been, we wouldn't be tempted to talk it down. 
we wouldn't be tempted to overlook the good things that God is doing amongst us. I want to pray for um, freedom for us to uh, um, passionately share even little things where we can see God's goodness at work. Lord, we know that your goodness is a battleground, not only in the world, but even in the church. And we we know you are good. And uh, so, Lord, we want to just big up your goodness all around this church. Lord, I pray for more testimonies. I pray for a freedom to share testimonies again. Pray for a freedom to share testimonies to come back. Lord, we were good at it a, a little while ago, and we've, we've, we've got a little bit slower, a, a bit more reluctant at sharing. And uh, so, Lord, I want to pray for a freedom to share, to testify to your goodness right around this place. Lord, and if we haven't got any massive things yet, Lord, we will share little things, and we will let our faith rise and rise and rise until we become like Sarah, who at the end of this story is the one who's laughing, who's the one who's blessed with Isaac, where she, she says that you have caused me to laugh. You've brought joy to her heart. And uh, it's not a joy of disbelief. It's a joy of, of experiencing the goodness, experiencing the reality of the covenant. And she got the bliss of it. She got to live in the joy of it. And I want to declare that we too will live in the joy of it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, I think Neil Lawrence just wanted to come and um, put a spoiler on the, uh, I didn't mean a, a bad spoiler. <laughs> a, a, I, I, immediately, I immediately have the image of a sports car. And I thought, I've, I've just done a, I, I know I've done a good thing right here, but he just wants to come and just put a really cool spoiler on the back of it. So uh, I, I, I'll stop talking. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. How do you follow that? I, I, I was just, when Maya shared during worship, I just felt that was a really significant moment for us as Oasis. And, and <clears throat> I kind of prayed in response. Um, I thought, okay, God, what is it that you want us to do to say in response to this? And I really felt he led me to somewhere I didn't expect to go, um, which was the beginning of Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 1, says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who trusts in him. And I thought, God, that's a strange sort of response. But actually, the two things that jumped out there for me is the taste. Uh, we, We often talk about you know, seeing God act. We talk about hearing what God has done, but we don't often talk about tasting God. And I believe God was just speaking to us something about a new revelation, that this year God is going to bring to us some new revelations that are just going to be so awesome that we are going to have to share them Um, because otherwise we're just going to explode because it is going to be that good. You've just got to share it. Uh, But actually that can be quite a scary thing. You know, when we start talking about, well, loving outside the church, um, you know, we start to talk about some of that scary stuff like evangelism and and all that. Um, But actually, I believe God was just saying, no, this is about trust. Trust me, and I'm going to make it easy for you. Trust me because you've got some good stuff. There's some good stuff here, and I just want you to share it because I want more people to know about this. So I just wanted to really encourage folks. I wanted folks not to be afraid um, because it is the start of a new season. But it's, it's going to be a great season and it's a season of trust and it's a season of new things. And I hope that's a good spoiler. Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Um, we're done. Have a super awesome week. Um, love you so much. Thank you for being with us. And see you next Sunday.